A special announcement before we get started. Enrollment to Mind Over ARE is officially open. We only open a couple times a year and it is currently open. So you can head over to the website dci.beyoungdesign.com slash mind dash over dash ARE. This is my signature program where you learn the four essential pillars that you need to pass the ARE. I literally give you a proven blueprint to becoming a licensed architect. But here's the thing. The enrollment period is literally only a couple days. So if you're listening to this, the doors are still open. Go get in right now while you can. Come join me. We already are starting to see incredible people come in, and I cannot wait to get started. Okay, let's start the show. So what exactly is an architect? What do you need to do in order to become an architect? What does it even mean? What do architects do versus what a structural engineer does? When do you need to hire an architect? How do they create value? All that good stuff. We are going to dive into it today. So if you are interested in possibly working with an architect, if you have a new building or home that you want to build and you're curious what that process looks like, this is going to be a great episode for you. If you are a student or someone who is interested in possibly becoming an architect, this is going to be a great episode for you as well because I'm going to dive into what the requirements are. And then also if you just have ever wondered, what does an architect actually do and why are they so valuable? Then this is going to be for you as well. All right, let's get into it. Hey everyone, welcome back to Design, Create, Inspire with me, Bryn Young. I am an architect here in San Diego and run the firm Be Young Design and come hang out with you every week talking all about architecture. So when I started my podcast two and a half years ago, which is crazy, the very first episode I created was called what is an architect? And when I created this episode, I had finished all of my exams, the national exams, but I still hadn't passed my California state exam. So legally, I still couldn't call myself an architect. And after I released this episode, it was about two weeks later, I finally passed my last exam and was officially an architect. But I came out with this episode because I had a lot of questions when I was going through the process from people outside of the industry asking, what exactly we do. Why does it take so long to become an architect? It doesn't take as long as doctors, right? That's like a whole 10-year process. It does actually take as long as doctors and we have six exams. So yes, I find that there's really a lot of importance in discussing this because when the public doesn't understand exactly what it is we do, then there's not as much of a perceived value for what we do. And so if we can help educate what it is we are used for, where we are the most valuable, and how we can best support you, then it gives people a better understanding of why they need us and it betters the value of our profession. It's just a really cool industry to be a part of. And when I was growing up, I didn't have that vocabulary of being an architect. Now, this is kind of crazy because I grew up in a construction family. My dad was a general contractor and my great-grandfather was actually an architect. I didn't realize exactly what that meant and I didn't realize it was an opportunity that I could have in the future. So I love design. I knew I wanted to be in custom residential 
residential design. And so I went and became an interior designer. I started my degree in a Bachelor of Fine Art in interior design, which then morphed into interior architecture, which then segued into me getting my master's in architecture, which was the best decision I ever made. But it isn't something that was so understood for me. And I'll be honest, if I had known what the process would be like when I was maybe 16, I might not have decided to go into the profession. Not that everyone is that way, it's just my mindset and the way I was when I was in high school. I was not concerned about, you know, grades and classes and accolades. I wanted to just have fun and hang out and do the bare minimum so that I could just, you know, have a good time. I remember talking to my friends who were going to go off and become doctors and I was like, you are crazy. I mean, that's awesome and incredible, but like I can't imagine spending the next 10 years working to get to a profession and then finally doing that like in your late 20s because you know at that age it's like, oh my gosh, that's a zillion years away. Well, turns out I ended up being in the exact same position. I ended up becoming a licensed architect the same year. One of my best friends became finally a doctor. And so ironically, I ended up kind of taking the same path as the people who I was kind of (laughs) poo-pooing. Now, I think this is important for people to understand because when we think about someone like a doctor and we think about what they do and the salary that they make, it's kind of like a no-brainer. We get it. We understand why it is. But ironically, architects actually go through a very similar process. We have educational requirements and then we have experience requirements and then testing requirements. And typically that is about a 10-year process. And so it is very similar to the medical timeline. But a big difference is that when we go into the field, it's not often we're making six figures. And so there's a big disconnect there. And that's something that is part of another episode for another day. But it's something that is important to understand if you're planning to go into the profession, but also just for everyone to kind of understand what it is that we do so that maybe that can hopefully change in the future. Okay, so what is an architect? Technically, a licensed architect can design any building. We can do tiny houses to sky rises. The definition of an architect is we are here to protect the health, the safety, and the welfare of the general public. And we do that through the design and creation of healthy buildings. And this goes into everything. I mean, we spend 90% typically of our time indoors and in buildings. And so we need to make sure that those buildings are structurally sound, that they are comfortable, that they have healthy indoor air quality. And so much of our space affects not only our physical health, but our mental health as well. And so in order to become a licensed architect, you really have to have a, a breadth of knowledge in a bunch of different industries. So we do work with consultants. We work with structural engineers, all sorts of engineers, mechanical, electrical. We work with energy consultants. We work with it all. And so these engineers and consultants have specific specialties. But as an architect, we have to have an understanding of all of those. And so in order to become licensed, we have six exams plus whatever your state requirements are, which in California, it's an extra exam. And each of those exams dives into something different. We even have to understand how to successfully run a business, you know, the accounting side of things. And so we are tested so that we have knowledge on everything from structural, mechanical, plumbing, acoustics, materials, sustainability, interiors, 
colors, uh, site development, soils, all that stuff. And so it's very generalized and big. Now we still work with these consultants because we have an understanding so we can have that vocabulary and communication with these consultants. But we use these consultants to be able to specialize in these areas because we can only go so deep if we have to know a little bit of everything. So for example, the projects I work on are typically single family residential homes, new construction and remodels here along the coast. And so it's my job and the firm's job to design a building from initial idea and concept through permitting and provide a set of documents that the contractor can build off of. And so with that has to come an understanding of code, of zoning requirements, uh, any specialty requirements, especially here along the coast. And then it goes into all sorts of requirements and details and all that stuff. Typically on a project, the consultants we work with are surveyors or civil engineers who will survey the land to determine what is existing, um, where the boundaries are and whatnot, what kind of our constraints are. We'll work with uh, civil engineers to do geotechnical reports, which are like your soils report. They're going to go out to the field and actually do testing on the soils to let us know their conditions, to tell us where to build, what we need to build uh, in terms of structure, all that good stuff. Then we will work with structural engineers and our structural engineer is going to take our plan that we have worked with the client and designed and they're going to basically calculate the sizing and um, any special requirements for the bones of the project. So we are going to tell them what sort of foundation we want, whether it's slab on grade or raised. We're going to tell them what uh, materials we want to use. We're going to be telling them the space, the plan, all that good stuff, any specialty requirements. And then they're going to actually run the calculations to tell us what size member we need, what size footing we need, and all that good stuff. The other people we work with are energy consultants. So here in California, we have a lot of specialty requirements for energy, and we have to put a report together each time to determine what sort of insulation requirements we need, what sort of mechanical systems we need, and all that good stuff. And so we work with a consultant who will develop that plan. And then what we do is we consolidate all this information, all these plans, and that's what we submit to the city in order to obtain permits. And we work with the city to answer any questions and review anything. And once we've obtained the permit, now we have a set of documents that we can hand off to the contractor. They can go out and they can build it. Now, typically we highly recommend to our clients that we are also involved once construction starts. Because if you think about it, if we've been working with a client for maybe even a year or more working and developing this design, if you just hand it off, there can be room for, you know, telephone. There can be room for error. Even if you have everything drawn in the plans, actually, you'll never have everything drawn in the plans because there's always going to be stuff that comes up. But always great to have the architect involved to be able to answer questions, to be able to go on site, make sure it is being designed according to the plans. It is being designed according to the code requirements and all that good stuff. So really, our job is to be there from the initial, hey, I kind of have this idea of doing this to the house to it being done and someone is moving in. So it's a process. I have worked with clients, uh, some clients for two plus years, and it is sometimes difficult because that early stage where we're just designing and we haven't built anything yet, it is intangible. It's something that we are putting together in plan and sketches and drawings, but it's not like 
like you're walking through this space yet. And I think that's where there can be a disconnect of not understanding what it is we really do, or maybe the value of what we do, because it is intangible. It is sometimes, you know, thrown in a 2D plan. It's not easily seen all the back work. And so there is a lot that goes into getting the final set of drawings together. There's sketches, there's space planning, there's trial and error, there's testing different concepts and options. And then there's also figuring things like cross ventilation, daylighting, sustainability. There's so much that goes into it that sometimes when we present a final plan to a client, it can just seem like a simple drawing. Yet there is so much thought and intention that goes into it. So that is what we do as residential architects. There are all sorts of architects who design all sorts of typologies, mixed use, commercial buildings, schools, museums, high rises. There's a ton of different where, ways you could take this profession, which is what is so exciting to me. I love architecture because you could get started in it thinking that you want to go one way and then end up doing something totally different, like maybe becoming a furniture designer or maybe designing buildings in AI. Who knows? Especially this day and age. And AI is a whole nother topic that I definitely want to dive into it another time. But I know that that is also going to transform our profession and how we go about it. Okay, so I don't want to make this a too long video because I definitely want you to go check out my other video, three things to know before hiring an architect if you are interested in working with an architect. I also have that first podcast episode, What is an Architect? You can always go dive in more. That was pre-YouTube. So that's over on the podcast Design, Create, Inspire. And I believe it's episode one. So you could always go dive in there. But I do want to talk real briefly. If you are interested in becoming an architect, there are a couple requirements that you would need to do. And before I dive into this, I do want to say that there's a couple different routes you can take for becoming an architect. So I'm going to be telling you the most standard option and one that is basically like the quickest route. There are some alternatives through work experience and stuff. So if that's something that you want to dive into, I do have an episode with talking about an alternative career path to becoming an architect. And so that is something that you could go check out. I will link here, but I'm just going to basically give you a breakdown of what the typical path looks like. So the first requirement for getting licensed is education. And it is important to have a degree from an accredited program. So this could be a five-year undergrad, or this could also be a two or three-year master's program. A two-years master program is typically if you have an undergrad in an architecture-related field. My undergrad was interior design, and I still had to take the three-year program, but I was able to have some classes waived because of that. So that was helpful. So you do have five years of educational requirements from an accredited program. The second requirement for licensure is experience. So you need to work under a licensed architect or a licensed engineer, and there is 3,740 required hours to obtain. And there's different areas of experience that you need to record, and those connect with the architecture exams. And so you can go do a whole deep 
dive on NCARB's website, N-C-A-R-B. They are the ones that control and administer the tests. And so you can find all sorts of information over there. The third thing that you will need to do is complete past the architect registration exams. Now I talk all about the ARES. That's kind of my thing. And so if you want to learn more about the ARES, you can go check out a ton of my other videos. I have a whole ARE playlist that I'll link here for you. So this is a big step to the process and one that a lot of people will get to and then not complete because they are six exams with a roughly 50% pass rate. And so it's a process. The typical timeline for passing all of these exams is two years. And so it isn't a quick process. But once you pass, it's incredibly rewarding and you don't have to ever take them again and it's totally worth it. Now, depending on the state that you live in, there are state requirements. So some states, really easy. You barely have to take a test. Then other states like California, you have to take a big test. The California Supplemental Exam, also called the CSE, that is a exam that honestly I compare to another ARE. So it's basically like taking seven ARE exams. So the CSE is a three and a half hour exam with a 50% pass rate. So again, it is very similar to your architecture exams. But California has really strict codes, especially energy requirements and other supplemental requirements. And so that is why it is so big on the supplemental exam. If you are interested in becoming licensed in California, I also have a video about the California exam that I'll link that I dive deeper into to let you know a little bit more about what that exam is like and what the process is like because honestly the California Architect Board website is a little ancient and doesn't give a whole lot of good information so hopefully that helps you out. So if you've passed all of your state requirements, you obtain your license, they give you a number. There are certain requirements for that in terms of you know citizenship but now you are legally a licensed architect. You can legally call yourself an architect, which you can't do until you have that license number. And then every two years or every year, depending on your state, there are continuing education requirements to make sure you're keeping up to date with all the new required codes, especially energy codes, all that good stuff. So that is the process. That is why it's typically a 10 year period because you have the five years of education and then you have the roughly two years of experience and then roughly two plus years of exams. So it's a process, but it is an exciting one. And I am really happy I ended up taking that route because I'm doing what I love and it's been totally worth it. But if you are interested in knowing more about what it looks like to work with an architect or you have questions about the path going into architecture or really anything about what an architect does or when to hire an architect, when to bring an architect on board. I mean, there's so many different routes we can take, but leave in the comments any questions you have and I will definitely get back to you and come over to Instagram at Design and shoot me a DM. I'm always in there so you can ask me any questions you have. But if you enjoyed this video, then I encourage you to watch this one next. I think that you will find a lot of value in this one as well. All right, have a wonderful day and I will see you next week.
Before you head out, just a friendly reminder that once again, the doors for Mind Over Airy are officially open, but they will close soon so that we can get started with our next group. So jump in now. I can't wait to get started and I'm excited to meet you and hear all about your exam journey. Have a beautiful day.